Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm Rob Federick, and I'm always I'm super excited to be here today. Hey, Rob Schulte here in Brooklyn, and you know, today's a very special episode, and Peter, that is because we have a guest today. Peter, could you please introduce our guest? Of course, we have the one, the only, Sheena Marie. How you doing, Sheena? Hey, Woo! I'm great. We're gonna talk about my favorite movie? Awesome. The, wait, by the, this is your favorite movie, Sheena? No, I just picked a movie I hate. No, I'm just <laughs> saying, because you picked, like, an amazing movie, and that yes. we were all super amped about, but I didn't know it was your favorite one. I thought you just picked, like, one of your favorites. It's between this and a league of their own would definitely oh, be my top nice. ones. But I now living in San Diego, my favorite movie, which I will let you guys introduce, just has a whole new meaning. I drive past a place every day where one of the most iconic scenes took place, so <laughs> nice, I had to nice, go with it. Nice, nice. Well, actually, no, before we, why don't we allow Sheena to introduce yeah, ex- That's what I was gonna say, Sheena should introduce okay. you. So, Almost Famous has been one of my favorite movies since it came out. My cat's name is Penny Lane. Nice. My arm wow. says it's all happening. And Ooh. that iconic scene at the sports arena, now it's called like the Pachanga Arena, it took place right here in San Diego, across the street from where I live. So I just am obsessed with this movie. I love the music, Elton John, Tiny Dancer. There's yes. just there's so many things in this movie that are just so iconic. And it's my fave. Very cool. We'll get into it a little bit more, but I feel like this is totally <laughs> one of those movies that knows how to like reach inside of your chest and like hold your heart. And be like, oh, hey, this is this is how to feel this way right now. <laughs> Trust me, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, Rob. <laughs> but before we even get get going anywhere, I want to punch myself in the face <laughs> because I just saw this movie this week. OK, fir- which, wait a minute for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yes, yes. For the first time. Now, no. uh, I'm going to kick it to you, Rob. What, what would you is this a punchable movie? Well, I would I would say that. Yes, it's a punchable movie, but instead, because it's a movie about music, put your ear next to a speaker and just blast like all the amazing music that covers that's covered in this uh, this beautiful movie. Because you're an idiot if you haven't seen this. Movie. I'm a, punching it's, it's, myself it's right now, everybody. I'm yes. punching myself right now. Yes, yes. And now some some clarity because we're in the throes of season two right yes, now. We might yes. have some new listeners. A punchable movie is a movie where you cannot believe. It took you so long that you just need to smack yourself. You've been living under a rock. 20, 20 years. <laughs> God. Yes. Now, okay. Now I've got. Yeah. Well, Sheena, is this a movie that you, you like watch annually? Is this something that you, you come back to a lot? I watch it several times annually. My boyfriend, just so you feel better about yourself, Peter, also had never seen it. <laughs> so recently I watched it with him for the first time. <sighs> it's one of those movies, this and like A League of Their Own, Selena. There's a few movies that no matter what time of day, what part of the movie it's in, if I see it on the guide, I just stop what I'm doing and start watching it. And I, I have it on, I probably had it on VHS back then, but I have it on DVD. I have it on iMovie, like everywhere I can have this movie accessible. (laughs) 
I own it more than any other movie. <laughs> wow. That's funny that you uh, that you said you even had it on VHS because, guys, it's time for the back of the box moment. I went down to the basement of my New York City apartment and went to my VHS vault to pull out the copy so that I can, if anyone is currently punching themselves in the face for not seeing it, I will read the back of this VHS box. Please uh, do. Plastic <laughs> is still on it, everyone, and it goes like this. Almost Famous has been hailed as this year's single most entertaining film. So that's how old this VHS is. Uh, Writer-director Cameron Crowe takes you on a heartfelt journey into the world of rock and roll in this delightful coming-of-age comedy. It's the opportunity of a lifetime when teenage reporter William Miller lands an assignment for Rolling Stone magazine despite the objections of his protective mother. William hits the road with an up-and-coming rock band and finds there's a lot more to write home about than music. How would you not want to see this film just and by reading that box? It's based on a true story. It is literally based on Cameron Crowe's life, yes. which just yes. when movies have that real backstory, it just makes them so much more interesting. And it's made me look into the making of this movie so much more. I know I sent Peter an article a few days ago and I'm like, you got to read this. There's some deleted scenes. It's just, it's so incredible. I cried when I read this article and was watching the deleted scenes because I'm like, how have I for 20 years been such a fan and never knew there was this crazy Led Zeppelin stairway to heaven, like seven minute deleted scene. And then oh this and that, and it's just, oh, it's just so good. So, Sheena, oh, one of the man. things that we like to do in this podcast, too, is talk a lot about like when we first discovered these movies. Right. So I remember seeing Almost Famous when I like when it came out in 2000. I'm 36 years old. So I was roughly about the same age as the main character. So and I was a huge classic rock fan like Led Zeppelin is my all time favorite band. And I related to this movie, apart from the fact that I wanted to become a director and I found out that it was loosely based. Well, not loosely, but you know, generally based on Cameron Crowe's life. So I remember when I first saw it, it resonated with me. It hit me. When did you first see this movie and how did it impact you? Same. I was in high school. So I'm 35. I graduated in 02. And my best friend, Brooke, had just seen this movie and she was like, oh my God, I just saw the best movie. You're going to die. And she knew like my parents grew up well i grew up with my parents music and uh, most of that was all like classic rock so that's just in my blood i'm currently pregnant that is all i listen to because that is going to be in her blood and it just has so much meaning just music back then they don't make real music like this anymore and it's just like when you can listen to a song and it just brings out that emotion and can transport you to a different time in your life and it just brought me back to my childhood and i mean i'm a teenager watching this but just hearing the music it just makes the movie even that much better when you have such a dope soundtrack Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, and totally I feel like that's the same that. for yeah. all Cameron Crowe movies. No, because even Jerry Maguire's got like a great soundtrack. Yeah. Stuff, you know? Definitely. Totally. Yeah. Um, I saw this movie in theaters and I had seen it a couple of times when it first came out on DVD after that. But that was all in high school for me as well. We're all relatively the same age. And I had such a different opinion not a 
poor or anything, but like I viewed this movie in such a different way when I was in high school in this like almost idyllic wanting to be the rock musician, but somehow blocking out all of the bad stuff that happens in the movie. Yeah. Um, so coming back, and, you know, I'll talk about, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about that a little bit more later, but I also was there with you. Like something connected with me at that point. And maybe how it's like they say fashion or taste or something have these like 20 year resurgences all the time yeah. that like when we were in high school, like classic rock was like, the cool thing that we didn't want to necessarily always equate with being with our parents or whatever. Yeah. Or sometimes we do, like you said, Sheena. But it was one of those things like I almost discovered classic rock by watching this movie. Wow. Oh, wow. You know, like it was just crazy that way. And my brother. Well, but, I will I will <laughs> say this. Even though I just watched this movie this past yeah, week. Yeah, I'm real curious. I'm real curious. <laughs> yeah. I had to. No, no, no. You, you, okay. It was such an experience for me. And, you know, like I've seen, you know, Lord of the Rings. And all yes. These, all these awesome movies that we've reviewed. This one, just like all those all those other movies that you know that we've reviewed that are amazing i had to take pauses and just take in everything that was coming at me on the screen that's awesome. literally many times like through, i'd say about 10 every 10 15 20 minutes i'd have to put the movie on pause and just kind of walk away and digest what i'm watching because it was that impactful Damn. that's why i'm like how did i not see this <laughs> you know well yeah. dude, dude i have a i have a good set of speakers back there we'll put your ear in i know right later and just, you know. <laughs> listening to some led zeppelin this movie, even although Tiny Dancer was uh, recorded in 1971, 30 years prior, Elton John can say that this movie is what put that song on the map. 30 years really? later, wow. as like that, thanked Cameron yeah. Crowe and the movie for making Tiny Dancer just such a household song, like as if Elton That's John awesome. wasn't already huge, huge I mean, right? and then you know we had lion king in the 90s but then in the early 2000s for tiny dancer 30 years later to come back and that is i know i think we'll get into this my favorite scene in the movie it's just such an iconic moment that that song is what brings this entire group back together after so much craziness has just right. happened and right. the fact that music and a song can do that and 30 years later in a movie it's just it's incredible it's really no i completely sorry rob you go no no guys it's really remarkable because you know music is definitely an art form of, of time periods right like you associate like a block as but and and they do it so well in this movie like cameron crowe obviously because he lived it has such a like a flavorful vision for all of it that he, he's able to string along and you really do kind of immerse yourself in the time period. But when you think about it, like, you know, none of us were really born during this time or whatever, but it's amazing how music does transcend and still absorbs you. Like you can identify with it, even though you weren't part of the time period, you can really relate to it. And and I think Sheena, like you, you did, you brought up an amazing point. Like, Music is ultimately what brings everybody together in this movie. Even at mm -hmm. the end, after you said, after all of it, like music is the key to all of this. It's, you know, his passion at the beginning when he's writing and he's discovering, you know, like he discovers his sister's records and all that stuff. And it strings along the band and everything that it's even Penny Lane's motivations of being a groupie or whatever. Like exactly. I feel like Ty. She's a Band-Aid. I'm going to correct band you there, Rob. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She's not a groupie. 
Also, she's sleeping with Russell, so she's technically a groupie, but she calls herself a band-aid. Okay, so I have one and question for you guys. We all make up our own rules for our roles. <laughs> you know? I have one question, though, because this is the first time I ever saw Kate Hudson, right? And when I first saw her, the only thing that popped in my mind, and this is weird, was Robert Plant. Because it just reminded her golden hair, the way she dressed oh. 70s-wise. You know, Zeppelin was a big influence for me and everything. And I just kept thinking, I was like, did they kind of make like, did they inf- like have some sort of Robert Plant influence with this character? I don't know, man. Like I wanted to ask you about it. I would, I would totally agree with you there. Or I would, at least I can see where that would happen because yeah. I mean, there's definitely a style for an era. And then also if you want to make someone look iconic, why not? I could totally see some people sitting in a room going like, well, what would Robert Plant look like if he was a woman rock star, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the vibe. Would that be? Because she's also know? so mesmerizing and cool. The first time you meet her, you're like, "Whoa, who is this woman?" You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I don't know. I, I I was like into it, man. So, yeah, totally. Now, um, guys, I do want to say, I I uh, I want to know who you feel like you are in the band and. I think we could all go through, and maybe that's just your favorite band member. That's fine. But uh, did did a band member jump out to anyone here? Uh, Peter, let's start with you. Well, you know what's funny about this is that I was when I was watching the movie. You, there's an actual band named Stillwater, so I was like, "Is this based on Stillwater? Like, what is happening?" You know, there's from the '70s. There's an actual band. Um, I don't know. I, I think I identify. I guess with uh, I don't identify with any of the band members. I was identifying with the kid because I was like, you know, I was going on this journey with him. You know, William. Uh, yeah. Arguably a band member. Yeah. Arguably, yeah, no. he was right. a danger to all of them. Yes. <laughs> like, I love that line in that movie. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Did a certain band member jump out to you? Dude, I mean, I, I got to side with Peter, man. Like, I, I identified with Will because, like I said, when I first watched it, I was his age. I wanted to be like, I was like, it, like really, I wanted to find out more about the bands. I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. So to me, it was like, I kind of associated with him. If I would want to be one of the band members, I would want to be Russell. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. You know, Actually, I like the lead singer. What's his name? <laughs> Jason Lee. Uh, but uh, BB. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What about you, Sheena? Did you? Someone jump out to you? I mean, I'm just I'm Penny Lane. You there, know? You there you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think Penny I, Lane says it across my I'm heart. I'm kind of with you guys. Name. Like I. <laughs> true, true. I love it. I, I feel like I would want to be a Russell, but if I were in the band, I would be the singer. Like, like I just constantly like, <laughs> no, like I started this. I started this, but they give you the attention. You know? the, I'm the front man. <laughs> Molly, you're the, please, mis- just, yeah. Yeah. you're the mysterious guitarist with you know? the people. <laughs> yeah. I just know I'm I know the my one own who gets them off. Yeah. <laughs> you can write that. <laughs> well, at that moment, let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this uh, with a little bit more of Almost Famous. we're back it's magical at the movies we got a special guest sheena on today's episode guys here is the one thing that kept going through my head um when i was in high school 
I feel like I was listening to Dashboard Confessional. Oh God, me too. And other emo bands. I was too. Like, gradu- I was too. <laughs> and and I, I graduated into my like punk rock phase, and then I just started like respecting music and knowing that it doesn't necessarily have to be this versus that. But I watched this movie, and William just being like gifted this like backpack full of the classics full of the tastemakers full of like the the shit that everything has evolved from in terms of rock and roll and god all i could think about was like man i wish i had a cool older sister that gifted me like <laughs> records the, right? the, <laughs> the, the luggage the lu- of yeah music. <laughs> how about you guys did you uh, i guess we all just said we all were kind of emo kids to one extent or Actually, another. Actually, no, I was listening, <laughs> dude, I was listening to Guns N' Roses when I was in high school. Yeah. That's what I, okay, that so was my Peter band. Was a cool I, guy. I, was, I had uh, my genres, you know? I mean, I had my Britney Spears and NSYNC. I had oh, my yeah, of course Dashboard yeah. Confessional when I was in a relationship, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but at the, like, my heart and soul has always just been classic rock growing up. It's just that type of music it never goes out of style. You never get sick of listening to it every day. I don't want to say her name because she'll turn on, but you know that little robot that we all have in our mm-hmm. house? Yeah. To yep. say her name, yep. I say, play music. And she's yeah. like, here's a station you might like. 70s classic <laughs> rock. I'm like, how did you know? <laughs> Damn, man. Sheena, I didn't know that about you. Like, you just became even more cool in my book because you've always been super cool. But now it's like, damn, like, I didn't know turn you could transcend. Turn it up to 100. The, exactly. I actually, yes. I, I don't mean to sound like that guy, but like I actually discovered classic rock in middle school because I listened to The Who and Tommy and I saw all that stuff. And then I actually discovered Zeppelin after and then I I didn't look back, right? So you when lit I lit a candle and well, you no, saw that, the future. That's oh, what I was going to say. I was like, I didn't know that that was like a yes. thing. I was like, I didn't know that lighting a candle and listening to Tommy is like a thing. So now <laughs> I got to listen to Tommy and light I'm a gonna candle do that. and change my whole world. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do that yeah. this evening. Yeah. I'm going to light a candle and listen to that. But, yeah. Uh, one of my questions, though, uh, to all you guys who've seen it already before me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Don't worry, I'm jealous up- of your moment right Oh, now. yeah, exactly. You better be jealous of my I'm kidding. Uh, any updates on this rewatch that, you know, that 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 stuck out to you, that kind of bounced off the screen? Because everything bounced off the screen for me. And we're going to talk about some of my favorite scenes, actually my favorite scene in the entire movie yeah. later. But uh, anything bounce off to you all on this watch? For me, after reading this Rolling Stone article that I sent you, I just had an even newer, cooler appreciation of the movie. Like finding out that he had um, Robert Plant and uh, Jimmy from Led Zeppelin. Like he screened the movie for them. He, yeah, Jimmy Page. He went out to London and screened the movie for them. And there's this iconic scene when Russell is standing on the roof at this party and he's like, I am a golden god! And then literally Robert Plant was like, I said that, I said that! And it's just like watching it and then picturing them like sitting in a theater with two icons from Led Zeppelin watching the movie and being like, are they going to like it? Do they hate it? Like, what do they think? Like, that was just really cool. And especially now, like I said, living in San Diego, driving past that sports arena almost every day. It's just like, I'm like, that's where the, it's all happening. Like that's where that Mm -hmm. scene was. And just, 
Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that every time I watch it, like I even, I watched it with subtitles this last time. And there are little things that I maybe didn't catch in the hundred times I've seen it that with subtitles, I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't even know they said that there. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. It makes me almost like have to watch movies with subtitles these days because I don't want to miss those things, but it has to be on that like extra watch. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. Um, my uh, my girlfriend is a music producer and she had never seen this movie. She's slightly younger than I am and she was like absorbed in this story. So for me, like watching- Wait, was it, was, it her first time too? It was her first wow. time watching Almost Everyone Famous. Wow, significant others is first time. It had been on her list for a while, <laughs> but she like she's just extraordinarily picky with movies. So I've taken a liking that every, every week when we do watch a yeah. movie, I'm like trying to watch it with her to get her take on it. But like she was actually really absorbed by it and moved by the music and everything everything uh and i i just appreciated it again for like it was almost like a a nod back to youth you know what i mean to my like to my teenage years and kind of Mm -hmm. that because it is a coming to age tale you know what i mean like this guy does discover william discovers a lot about himself on this trip and you know a guy who didn't fit in when he was younger all of a sudden becomes like you know he has like one of the coolest jobs on the planet as a kid who's been swindling rolling stone magazine this whole time by the way right like we should talk about that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh but yeah this 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 uh it, it it just kind of reiterated to me i was like man it's so cool that we have like these kind of like artistic like expressions of like music throughout the years that just impact me even now when i watch it so wow. it's cool yeah i think one of the things that jumped out to me on this more updated watch because it's probably been 10 years i know that's a <laughs> that's cool though that's cool. This podcast guys um but you know, I, I'm watching this and I think it tells a very truthful story. You know, like I don't like that, you know, I mean, older dudes, younger people, but they're rock stars. This is the truth. That's what happens when you're on tour. And that may not be as crystal clean as we would like life to be. But after I moved past that step and I was like, you know, they're staring at the high school girls running or they're like partying with young people. And then they're always referencing like cool high school dudes or chicks or this or that or the other. And it really made me think like, these guys are talking about high school a lot. Could it be because they were dorks in high school and are now reliving like what they wanted to be in the cool, now I'm a rock musician. And I still have this like, part of my brain that is stuck in this era when I wasn't cool, when tens of thousands of people think I am the coolest dude on the planet now, <laughs> That's but I still really like justify it to myself. <laughs> and it was just this like way of being like, oh my God, like this has so many more levels that you like learn the older you get watching this movie. At least that was a takeaway I had. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's an interesting takeaway yeah, actually. Yeah. Let me answer this, Sheena. What do you think about like the title? What do you think it applies to directly, or what do you think the meaning behind the title is? I know that a lot of people could think of one thing, but like, oh, I, I think I of a will, multiple. Yeah, about, uh, a few I want to see. I want to pick your brain about that. Well, I mean, I know it's based on what their tour was called because it was the almost famous tour, and mm. I think it really just is about like William Miller says, you know, like this like up and coming band that's just like you know, kind of fighting their way to stardom. Like they weren't there yet. They had their fans, but they weren't super big time. I feel like until they were on the cover of Rolling Stone and that just 
you know, like had a whole <clears throat> new uh, opening for their band to the world. And it was this tour that, you know, they were they were almost famous, but they weren't there mm-hmm. yet. Right. And then boom, cover of Rolling Stone, like you fucking made it. You've made right. it. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think it also goes to like William. That's what in I was the sense that like he is he is just close to being a famous He's like he's so he's close famous to, being famous to the people writer. at Ro- Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. you know, but he's not famous to himself. And he's actually, like you said earlier, Rob, you know, kind of playing them because, you know, how the hell else am I going to get this article? Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> and so it's like, I don't know, it's like two edges to that, like. String. Well, you know, it's you know, funny. Like, almost famous. You know, it's yeah. funny about this whole this movie for me. It's like you're on the you're on the edge of your seat and you're wondering, is he going to get the interview? Come on, let's get the interview. <laughs> oh, Sit yeah. down God and get the interview. I'm like waiting on the edge of my seat like, oh, Jesus, does he ever get this interview? You know? Yeah. And that was that was something that really stuck out to me. Like I was like, um, I think see. I understand where you guys coming from. The band is almost famous and then William's almost famous. I always thought I thought it was uh, Penny Lane who wanted to be more uh, wanted to be more famous. Oh, that's a cool that's one. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, and, and for me, it's it also stems from the the cover of the film. You know, the it's her it's face. Her face. Yeah. yeah. You know, does she Iconic. want to be famous? That, like, that's what stuck out to me. It mm-hmm. wasn't more because she was always like, oh, I find famous people more interesting. But I think there's a little bit of subtext there that she wants to be, she wants to take that next leap, you know? I, I she wants to always be around that. I always saw it as like William's like fleeting glimpse into the fame of yeah. rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like it was like William gets a glimpse behind the curtain of what it's all, like to be almost famous. You know okay. what I mean? And and like, because um, Les, the, uh, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character at the beginning expresses to him, he's like, these people aren't your friends. Like, they're going to make you feel cool. They're going to get you girls. They're going to get you drugs. Like, you're going to have the ride of your life, but they're not your friends. Like, they're, you know what I mean? They're interested in what you do for them in what your writing reflects, yeah. right? And I thought mm-hmm. that it was really interesting. And I thought, I was like, well, is it basically, I mean, it, it's, I feel like it's all the things that we've mentioned. That's why I thought it was such a cool title because you can just relate it to the, to the like the, the basics band, but then course. like there i feel like a good title's got depth behind a movie and i think that that this like movie titanic unintended right right yeah that's so true multiple meanings to yeah. the title and i mean the cover is penny lane with those sunglasses and yeah yeah well, and she's she's almost chosen to be almost famous. Right. She's like, if so if I can stay right here in the almost famous zone, I get to do all of the cool things the famous people get to do, but I don't have the risk of like my band breaking up and then not being famous anymore. Yeah. Like I can yeah. still jump from party to party. Exactly. So she could stay in that little moves. I mean, this movie, it was not what I expected. You know, when I was watching the opening titles with the Oh, with, with the, the pencil. Writing, yeah. and I was like, because you know me, you I'm a sucker like for a opening Juno titles. Type, huh? Were you expecting like a Juno type of movie? Yeah, I was expecting like <laughs> something like that. And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden I get launched into like this little kid's life. And I was like, okay, what is happening? Dude, you know? But like, how hilarious is that opening with Frances McDormand? Man? Yeah. <laughs> like, She's all like, you know, trying to keep her kids away and then like not celebrating Christmas on December 25th. 
I mean, I was yeah. like, okay, what yeah. am I watching right now? I couldn't, I was like, it was not, let's put it this way. It was not what I expected. By the know? way, when my girlfriend was watching okay. this, she was like, who is that? Who's the sister? She's so familiar. I'm like, babe, that's Zoe Dashnell. And she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yes, it is. She's, she's like, but she was like, she is but, cemented in time as this age. Yes. Well, this, yeah. but she doesn't age, but she, she didn't recognize her without the years. Yeah. You're so right. <laughs> she looks exactly the same. And she's like, well, her voice sounds different and she's not wearing her glasses. Oh. And I'm like, Okay, she's not wearing the glasses, but like she sounds exactly the same. She's still know? the same awkward, like uh, you know, monotone person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but I, I, I just love her arguments with her mom. Yeah, me too. it's just like she's like there, the rebel. So true. You know, everything like, is true to life. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Frances McDormand is like she, she is the mother. You know what I mean? Like this is a yeah. mother that you understand, you love, you hate, but you like. Can't I don't want to call love. her a villain because she's not a villain. Yeah. But like Peter, you've said in previous episodes, like you have to understand the villain to be a good villain. You, <laughs> in, in looking at this, like you can understand why the mom is freaking out yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's 15 years that. old too. You know what I mean? And like, it's it's crazy the whole time. You know, like. Yeah. Rob, did you get a see? Um, I don't know if Peter passed it on the Rolling Stone article that has that deleted scene with the stairway to heaven. Yeah, I sent it. To, I sent the article to to uh, in yeah, the group chat. Apparently, yes. there's a uh, on the DVD. There's like a moment where they put a blip on the screen that says "Start playing Stairway to Heaven now." Yeah, like you can get the version. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that's so rad. I got to see that. And I mean, they couldn't clear that song for the movie, which is why they had to cut that scene. But that's the scene that makes, you know, his mom allow him to go on this tour. Because when the movie like comes back, like when you're watching the actual version, yeah. she's like, okay, you're not missing more than one test. You better be there for this, be there for that. But it was like that moment too, I wish was in the movie because that's when the mom like finally understands like, Okay, I, I see it, I get it. And what was also cool was Cameron Crowe's mom, real mom, was in that scene playing the teacher. Well, that's right. Yeah. No, that's oh right. my God. Yeah, oh so God. she's sitting there with someone who's playing her, obviously her take on it. Right, and that was right. what Frances said. She was like, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm playing my version of you. Like, it may not be you, yeah. but like, I'm gonna do it my way. And it was right. just so, so good. She's such a talented actress. She That's really so is, cool. man. And like, I, I love her and everything that she does. Um, the, the one thing that I was going to say, though, guys, like, I wonder because, Sheena, you've brought to light all these like little tidbits and Easter eggs that are in this movie. Like, every time I watch it, I always wonder, I'm like, what is real? What was made up? You know, because like the Golden God That's thing. That's true. Like, yeah. I'm sure it was like Cameron Crowe witnessing Robert Plant scream that out at some point. He's like, I got to put that in a movie. You know, like, I'm going to yeah. put that in the movie sometime. Like, and I wonder what other little tidbits of, of, of information are throughout, you know, are placed in this movie that like might have actually happened, but like, you know, depicted in a different way. But he's like, I'm just going to put a nod to that. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. it's really awesome to think about. Yeah. Sheena, is that your yeah. favorite moment of the movie? What What's your favorite moment? Ooh, yeah. What is your so, favorite moment? So there's, there's a few. Um, like to go into like the beginning when they're driving to the concert and there's the whole almost, um, it's all happening like right around then. 
Penny Lane's in the car and she says, or I think it might even be when they're driving to LA, like right after that concert, but it's early in the movie. And she says, I always tell the girls never take it seriously. If you never take it seriously, you never get hurt. If you never get hurt, you always have fun. And if you ever get lonely, you just go to the record store and visit your friends. Oh, that's so, that's so good. It's such an iconic line because it's, that's the thing. It's like, whenever, you know, if I'm feeling happy or depressed or whatever, it's like music is always one of those things that you can go to. So there's, there's a lot of like lines in the movie, like the, obviously that it's all happening. That is a common (laughs) theme throughout the whole movie that I love, but my like ultimate favorite scene that I could just watch on repeat over and over is the tiny dancer scene yeah. because mm, yeah. after the I'm a golden God, which is also iconic Yeah. when, you know, I'm just picturing like this actually happening. Like he's been on an acid trip on the roof, you know, jump jumps <laughs> off a roof. And uh, then when they get him back, you know, everyone's pissed off at him but a good song comes on, everyone starts singing at different points, and then by the end of that scene, everyone has come together, and it was just like... I have to go home. Brock and I were watching it. I'm like, wait, 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 my favorite scene's coming up. And then I was like, we got to watch it again. We got to watch it again. I could just watch it on repeat. Like that's one of my, it's probably my favorite song ever in life. But just that scene, bringing it to life and seeing each character chime in and then them all come together it's just it's and they go through that moral compass you see them all kind of well i'm pissed but let me i'm gonna join in you know like it it's really cool um okay you mentioned the tiny dancers like your favorite song like is that because i the one of the songs that i discovered in this movie which i didn't know was i that's the way from led Mm. zeppelin hit me like and i didn't realize that it was a Led Zeppelin song until I started hearing it. I'm like, oh, what? oh my God, I love this song. So I remember I got an appreciation from that. Do you guys have a song that you guys picked out from this movie that you're like, oh, I would say like that's my favorite song or a moment with music in the movie? Oh. Fever Dog. <laughs> yes. yes. And I have, I have a story, guys, and I will keep it quick. I know I'm like a snowball sometimes when I t- start talking, but uh, when I used to live in Kansas, not Topeka, um, uh, I, before I moved to New York, I, I, I had been working as a small v- music venue talent booker, and we threw a like rock concert where I got to be the vocalist and some of my friends from local bands, we all just covered songs and they were like, we will do this, Rob, because we will never ever do this again because you're moving to New York. Oh. But you have to cover Fever Dog. Oh, yes. nice. <laughs> all right. So at one point in time in my life, I got to sing Fever Dog on stage. Oh, I love and it. it's That's always awesome. stuck with me. And no, it did not sound good. <laughs> it was fun to do. Oh my God, I love it. Is there a video of that anywhere, Rob, that we can I like, wonder, bring is that, that back? Uh, maybe. That could be <laughs> one of our little video it. promos, man. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know there are at least pictures, so I'll send that. Oh, there you um, go. And t- 
talking of favorite scenes, I will tell you guys uh, mine. Um, and I realized that I watched the extended one, not like a director's cut or anything. It's just had a couple extra minutes in it. Mm. And there's a scene where they talk to a radio DJ who's stoned out of his mind, <laughs> and possibly also on heroin. I love he falls that. Asleep while Super strung out. Yeah. yeah, and like, I love the scene because the, the radio DJ's just like, every minute a baby is born somewhere. Life, death, hermetically sealed bags of human emotion, bags of love, bags of kindness. And then, <laughs> then I realized that's that's the other guy in Tenacious D. Yeah, yeah. it's not Jack. Yeah. I, this wow. guy guess. and I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is. I wouldn't have known that back in 2000 when I watched it, but watching it now, it That's just made it awesome. so much more fun. And how truthful they got on the radio. It was like, this is podcasting. Wow. Um, yeah. But it was, yeah. it, that was my favorite. What about you guys? Um, well, my favorite scene actually was the uh, the airplane scene. The airplane scene's pretty funny. Oh yeah. my god! I had to pause it a few times there. Like every like it was like okay, so they're just starting to reveal everything to each other, like you the, know, like the gloves secrets, come off. you yeah. know, yeah. And the drummer, the guy you he never talks at the at the very end. He's all like, okay, fuck it, I'm gay. <laughs> he never talked. He never talked the entire movie, and you're like waiting for some big revelation, and right. just it's and like. He Drops that big. bomb, and you're like, okay, wow, that is a uh, that is a revelation. But isn't that crazy? Though, I like that means it's like awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to end that scene too. And then all of a sudden, the plane finally like, okay, we're gonna make it. Oh, and the, thing, the thing to me is like, you know. It, that that seems like you you it's like the, a family's dirt just coming out. Yeah, like, we're like this is what oh, really like. Yeah. It, it felt really genuine, even though I was kind of laughing a lot of the time too. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because like, um, you're also tense because you're like, dude, are they, like, are well, we, yeah, I mean, the, the way the, like, the, the yeah, plane like, was shaking around. That's one of my like, biggest fears is like crashing in an airplane like you know so i was like oh like gut check moment for me during that jimmy scene. fallon killed a man apparently <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it wasn't in detroit he just kept on going he doesn't yeah. know if he's alive or dead so sorry guys it's like um, why are you yeah. telling us this <laughs> you That's know one thing no uh, my, you, my, my favorite scene for me is when william just has it and snaps at the band after like their mistreatment of penny lane and he just kind of lets them all have it because to me it was like it's finally he's coming to his own. He's got his own voice because even though he was, you know, like this brilliant writer or whatever, like he was kind of suppressed throughout this movie. Like they weren't oh, really totally. letting him like it was kind of like they were really kind of busting his balls and stringing him along in this roller coaster that Les warned him about. And yeah. then at one point he's just because he relate like, you know, he he's in love with Penny Lane. So like like he's like. So he just snaps and I love the moment where he just looks at him. He's like, and I'm a danger to all of you. Like he literally finds his power. And I think that I like when characters find their power in movies. And I, and I really appreciated that because it was like, yes, dude, tell them, you know? Um, And they finally respect him. I like that too. Yeah. That feels, it's a good feeling as an audience member. Um, Guys, let's take our final break real quick and come back with like our big takeaways and, Close out this awesome, awesome, awesome movie. Cool. All right, we're back. It's Magical at the Movies. You all know that. You've stayed in us for almost 45 (laughs) minutes. Thank you for doing so. Guys, 
we do have to do our big takeaways. And Sheena, you are our guest today. Oh, I would really, I, I feel like I kind of know your big takeaway already. But uh, what, what, what does this movie? Why do you think? Can you articulate why it sticks with you so much? Hang on, before we do, before we do oh. the big takeaways, before we do the big takeaways, like we we got to address two things here. Like we've mentioned Uh-oh. one of the most iconic scenes, right? Which is the Golden God scene. Yes. You know how many t- like we, we need to talk about like have you guys all seen Entourage by the way or no? Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Do you remember when Vinny Chase like they parodied that one moment where he yeah. goes to the underage party and <laughs> yeah. he does his moment? Yes. Too? Oh yes. my god. Can we talk about that for Thank like you, a Rob. split Thank second? You, Rob, for- <laughs> was he was he high on was he high on coke on that? No, 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 no. That no, was he, later on. He was, he was yeah. He was, that was waiting later. for the movie to come out. Yeah, he was waiting for Aquaman to come out because yeah. he finds fans and they take him and he had and they're like he's having his almost famous moment. Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. on the roof and like making no coherent sense and drinking, going ah, and everybody would cheer and stuff like that. And I don't think he jumps wow. off or does he? Right? Like I can't remember. But I don't think do he does. Are- but that was his moment. Yeah, that was his moment. Like, have any of you guys had an almost famous moment like that? Like going back, like especially like you, uh, like Sheena and Peter, like you guys, you know, you guys are it's famous, man. So I'm like, you know, you guys are well known famous. in the circuit. Have you guys had that almost famous moment at any point, you think? I mean, I've definitely, you know, had my good as gold moment when I'm on the bar. (laughs) (laughs) That was my golden moment. (laughs) But I will say my uh, my sister's boyfriend, when I first bought my house in Palm Springs last year, I have a very like low depth pool. It's maybe five feet at the deepest and a tall roof. And he wanted to jump off the roof into the pool. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. It's not a good idea. You might hit the bottom. But if anyone could do it, I know you know how to jump and tuck and all of that. And I go, I'll let you on my roof under one condition. He goes, what? And I go, right before you jump, you have to say, I'm a golden god. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> He did it. Oh, he nice. did it. Wow. Did he, land he, did safely? It. he landed safely. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And wow. when everyone. cannonball you've ever seen. Best. When our family saw that on Instagram, they were like, what? You let him? I was like, he had his moment. He had his almost famous moment. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. How about god. you, Peter? Oh god, I haven't I don't think I've ever no, I've never jumped off of a roof into a pool before. <laughs> yeah. I've done it in my parents' house. Speaking. I jumped off Actually, into I think I have said I'm a golden god and jumped off my parents' roof into my pool. I'm pretty have sure you I've really? done it. Yeah, I know You've Schwartz done has. <laughs> yeah. Schwartz has done it. Yes. <laughs> All right, I need to join the club nice. now. Now I need yes. to go to your 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 house and do that. Yeah, my dad <laughs> Peter, it's funny because it used it. to be the days when like my mom and dad would be like, Oh, we need new roofing and we need this. We don't want people jumping off our roof. And then everyone buys their own houses, has their own pools, and now my dad's like just tell Schwartz he can come over. He can jump off the roof. Like now, everyone jumping off the roof. <laughs> it's like the thing now. Yeah. yeah, it was like what? What every Thanksgiving we would always be at Sheena's house, like you know, just eating Thanksgiving dinner over there. So I should have done it then. Yeah. Yes. Well, but you hadn't seen well, the movie, so there you go. No, it's right again. <laughs> I think I only jumped off. Next like Thanksgiving, the I'm holding you guys to it. Yes. There you go. Absolutely, Rob. I'm you got to get it. out here, man. I, hey, next Thanksgiving, I'm going to have a few shots in the arm and I will be there. There you oh, yeah. go. And a few shots yeah. down the throat, apparently, with some tequila. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Wait, actually, that sounded really wrong. I take that back. Oh, God. <laughs> but we all know what you meant, and it's the mezcal we drink during trivia. Oh, and that yeah. is the safe bet. Um, 
Guys, I have not had a Golden God moment. I have had an extremely awkward drug-addled roof moment, though, where I've stood up there. I just luckily didn't jump off. So not many not many pools in my college town. How about that? Uh, I jumped off of the balcony in New Jersey into, like, three feet of snow because it oh, was like, cool. oh, that was like, a, but I did not yell I'm a golden god because I wasn't cool enough to think of it. So <laughs> you, you yelled, I am a frozen Rob. <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> I'm a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> so are we cool? You guys cool to do Let's some takeaways? Let's do this. Let's do some takeaways. Okay. Um, I will start since I brought it up, if that's cool. I know I said I'd throw it to you, Sheena, but I think maybe I'll give you a Go little ahead. bit of time to think for a second. Um, I'll make it quick. Uh, this movie, like I said earlier, hits you different the older you get. And I think that's a good thing. I think it is a wonderful thing to be able to revisit a movie and always find something new about it that that speaks to you as an individual. Now, on top of that, I was like, what is this movie reminding me of? It is like it is like something else, but not the same you know when you're like just trying to like find the word that's on the tip of your tongue about a, a film and i was like holy shit this is like a mirror universe that thing you do it is oh like yeah the not so squeaky clean and not that thing you do has a weird band breakup moment and all of that well that band doesn't make it with music no and and that is the big part here is like neither <laughs> band makes it but both of them make it yes. you know like they yes. get their moments and they get their exciting parts and it is so weird and it has really made me want to now go back and watch that thing you do and like side by side it and be like what is the story of this band that is based off of 50s or 60s this and that versus this other cameron crow true to life story and it is just i don't know i i love when a movie makes me think about another movie but also tells me a little bit about myself that's my takeaway from this film nice All right. so thank that. you sheena for bringing it to the table yes of <laughs> course i'm so glad i did i think oh, yeah. for me it's just that literally like music speaks to your soul and music is the one thing that can just transport you back to any day any time any memory moment in your life and it's just iconic like this movie with the amazing soundtrack just it, it just makes me happy every time i watch it and it just i really i'm i'm such a big music person and classic rock and it just it speaks to your soul and i think that's my biggest takeaway is just how it can literally transport you into a different time wow that's awesome that's awesome yeah um, for me, guys, I think my second, uh, like, well, not second, I've seen it a bunch of times, but I'd say like this older uh, view through, I, me as a filmmaker, I identify more with Will in terms of like, there's growth because I got my start directing music videos and I got to hang out with artists and bands and stuff like that and go backstage afterwards. And, you know, it was, it was kind of like, it reminded me of kind of my growth story into filmmaking and then also relating to Cameron Crowe because he is a great director. Uh, and, and it was just kind of like it gave me a new appreciation for like my own journey in life. You know what I mean? And, and it's like it's like mm -hmm. and it's like uh, Sheena said, music being a part of that. I've always loved it. And classic rock has always been my thing or whatever that you always gain a new appreciation for 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 art in general and all that stuff. And uh, and yeah, man, I, I just think it's a it's just a delightful movie to watch, man. It's it's it. it's just great. It it touches the soul for sure. 
No, I, I uh, actually, my big takeaway is like, you know, this, this is, this is an amazing movie and, you know, it made me stop and have to like really, really digest it. It's like I was saying earlier. I mean, it's definitely not Superman two. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't suffer from Superman oh, two man. syndrome. Stop bashing your favorite movie. Do <laughs> I mean, like, but yeah, that's, that's, I'm not a coward, <laughs> that's my big takeaway with this. This is how, this is how a movie is done guys. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I'll say my takeaway from this podcast is the fact that I got Peter to watch a movie outside of his normal movie genre realm. Yes. I love yes. that. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. like, I've never seen it. And I'm like, I, I can't say I'm surprised, but I'm so glad that now you have to go watch it because uh, it's you're not going to regret watching it. It's amazing. Well, Gina, it just means you're going to have to come back at some point on the podcast again and recommend some more movies for, yes, for us to I would watch. Love it's, it's just like uh, Sweetest Thing. I never saw it. <laughs> all of a sudden, a, a girlfriend of mine came over and she was all like, uh, you know, it's magical at the movies, not magical at the action movies. So yeah. watch the sweetest thing and review that. I That's was like, true. okay, let's do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, and I think you've already <laughs> seen A League of Their Own, so I might have to think of a different one for next time. That's okay. so good. Ooh, I, <laughs> I, I am very much looking forward to all of that. Oh, um, y'all, this has been a fucking awesome, awesome episode of Madrigal at the Movies. I, as we wrap up, I want to make sure that no one else has any final thoughts before we take it home. Good? I think, yeah. I think all right. we're, we're, it's all happening. Yeah, it's all happening. It is. My final thought is I'm just, oh, I'm happy happening. that he got the interview finally at the end. Finally. Yes. <laughs> just, just make us Dr. Look, Manhattan did the right thing. Just make us look cool, man. Just make us look just cool. Just make us look cool. and you know what this podcast made us all look cool and (laughs) honest so everyone listening make sure to rate and review on apple Podcasts. you know that's the cool thing to do and uh tell your friends because we're gonna have more cool movies to review um peter would you like to take us home from this fantastic episode of magical at the movies and thank you sheena for being our guest yeah thank thank you so much Thank yeah, you, Sheena. Sheena. Thanks so much for being with us. No, and, seriously. And you know what? Actually, real quick, Sheena, is there anything you would you like to add. direct yes. our audience to? Your YouTube page or anything of that nature? Yep. Oh, yes. Every Wednesday, we're doing new vlogs. My podcast comes out every Friday. Um, recently, I just had my favorite interview ever with Murr from Impractical Jokers. Ooh, and nice. you'll be able to watch those highlights on my YouTube next week. So probably by the time this is out, that will be up. And uh, yeah, those, um, yeah, stay tuned. There's a baby on the way. And nice. Uh, and we'll yes. have all those links, guys, Thank in you. the show notes so you guys can refer to them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Take us away, Peter. Awesome. Well, you know, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. And for Rob and Rob, I am Peter Madrigal. And we, you will be hearing from us next week. Woo! Woo! Bye! Bye! Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes, or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler, or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.